0: Hello, this is Ed Hill, host of the Memphis Home Maintenance Show. We're so glad you joined us today. Thank you. Thank you very much. So today we have a brand new episode on our podcast, and we're calling it, You're Speaking My Language. We're talking about roofing terms roofing terms. So what we're going to do, this would be a great episode for you to get a sheet of notebook paper, something like that. Something to write with because we're going to give you many of the terms used in residential roofing. So if you're asking me about your roof project or you have questions that you want to look up online you'll be able to do that a little easier. And I'm going to not be real technical in the terms and the definitions, but aim it more at people who don't deal with roofing every day. That would probably be you. And I need to be able to understand it myself. So it will be fairly simple. We're talking about, you're speaking my language, roofing terms. These are not necessarily in order i tried to start in order but i kept remembering other things (laughs) so anyway let's just get started if you ask a roofer like if you were to call me ed hill masters roofing at 901-359-4165 we're the premier residential roofing company in the mid-south that's not Just something I'm saying, that's a fact. We have been for about a decade. We're very sought after. A lot of people are lining up to get their roofs done by master's roofing. Sort of that idea of you wanna go to a place that's a great restaurant, you expect it to be busy. It's busy because it's good. And that's certainly the case with master's roofing. But anyway, if you were to call me, and you would like your roof looked at, what you're asking for is a roof inspection. Generally, that is a free assessment. If we could, it'd be great if we could charge, you know, $250 for that. But we don't. It's free. A roof inspection. That's where a roofer gets on the roof, looks at it, and tells you the true condition of that roof. And by the way, our roof inspections... When you call me, it's going to be an honest roof inspection. We're not going to damage anything. We're not going to exaggerate what we find. If there's nothing there, we'll tell you. If it's only a minor repair, we'll tell you that. But we'll tell you the true condition of your roof. If you ask for an estimate, sometimes people get inspection and estimate mixed up. An estimate is a... um, a, I would liken it to a ballpark price on what it would be to replace the roof or make the repair now an estimate might not be as exact as a bid so let's say that you are going to buy a roof out of pocket you might get two or three bids from highly rated contractors and those bids should be and and would be exact we will charge you this amount of money to tear the roof off and replace it. So that's the difference between an inspection, an estimate, and a bid. Now here's another term, squares. Often you'll hear a roofer say, well, that's 30 squares coming off and 38 squares going back on. What are they talking about? Well, for some reason, I don't know the reason, I'm sure it's a very good one, Roofing material is talked about in terms of a 100 square feet of shingles, for example. So if you have 30 squares of material on your roof, that means the surface area of your roof is 3,000 square feet. But Ed, that can't be. My house is only a 1,900 square foot house. Remember, the roof is much bigger than than the dimensions of your house. If you were to lay your roof flat in your yard, it'd probably take up most of your yard. Why? Because it's it's pitched, and therefore there's more surface area on that roof. But anyway, we talk in terms of the number of squares to tear off or to replace with. That's just um, a standard in the industry. Tear off, what does that mean? It's exactly what it says. When a roof is done correctly, the roof needs to be torn off, so the tear-off is scraping off the existing asphalt shingles on your roof, all the way down to the roof deck, like I'm knocking on the wood on my desk right now, right down to the wood on, on top of your house. Be careful, by the way, on bids and estimates. I've heard of some, and think I've seen one or two but definitely heard of some recently where without the homeowner necessarily realizing it some of the prices they were getting were for just what are called layovers where a new shingle you know the new shingles are laid over the existing roof where there's not a tear off that's not a good way to spend your money it's not you need to have a tear off to have your roof done correctly to make sure there's no leaks and that you'll have a warranty on the roof roof deck repair what is that well when the when there's a tear off of the existing roof then you're down to the wood on top of the deck and there may be places that are rotten or soft or just need a hole in them let's say a tree limb hit your roof needs to be fixed so that's repairing the surface that the shingles are actually nailed to underlayment what is that well again it's just like what it sounds like it's the the material put down on the roof deck but it's under the shingles that you see that would be like 15 pound or 30 pound organic felt or it would be a synthetic underlayment on the slopes of the roof now the slopes are those larger areas where you see the shingles installed when you look at your house those flat areas that are that are at an angle they are pitched all right so you have to have some underlayment beneath the shingles valley liner what is that well it could be anything from metal like copper to roll roofing we've even seen felt doubled up in the valleys not recommended by the way and then the ice and water barrier this adhesive is often used as a valley liner why are valleys why do they need that extra because it's like mountains and a river valley all the water flows to the valley where the river is formed right same thing on your route. those slopes where you where you have valleys are sending water into that area many times. so there has to be something beneath the shingles to channel the water off of the roof. drip edge, what is that? It is metal uh, shaped like an L, let's say, that goes over the top of your fascia board that your gutters are attached to. If you think of your gutters and the board behind it, that would be an example of fascia board, and it protects the top of the fascia board from rotting due to weather, but it also closes up gaps between the end of the roof deck and the fascia board. Many companies don't use it at all. If they do, it's probably cheap two inch drip edge, uh, flimsier than Coca-Cola can metal, we use a much heavier grade and it's six inches that drip edge but that's what drip edge is starter course before you start with the shingles that that you selected let's say you're putting on an architectural shingle you have to do a starter course of shingles first that you won't see once the shingles you selected are put on Many companies go the cheap route and install three-tab shingles as a starter course. Really, they should be using adhesive starter strips that seal the edge of the shingles against the wind on the edges of your roof. And that's what we do. What are field shingles? Field shingles are the shingles that you select, like three-tab shingles, which are very common, 25 years usually, normally a 60 to 65 mile an hour wind rating, or the laminate shingles, those are dimensional or architectural they're called sometimes. Those are the ones that are installed on those slopes, those big areas that you see when you look up at your roof. All right, I'm trying to keep this very, very basic so everyone, young and old, and familiar with this and not, can understand it. So there's the two major types of shingles, and there are some higher grades uh, that are much heavier and all of that, but they're very expensive, and unless you just want to spend the money, probably not necessary on your home. So basically, you're going to choose between a three-tab shingle. Why is it called that, Ed? Because when you pull them out of the bundle, it, it literally has three tabs on it. That you, That's what you see on the roof. So being the innovative intellectual types that we are, roofers call those three-tab shingles. <laughs> Mystery solved. And then you have what are called architectural or dimensional or laminate shingles. Same thing that I just m- mentioned a moment ago. You have that choice. And we have all those choices, and the primary brands we use are two of the leading brands, Owens Corning and GAF. We are endorsed and certified at the very highest levels by both of those manufacturers. Many roof companies are not endorsed or certified by anyone, and maybe just one company. Well, we're certified and endorsed by two manufacturers. We install their products as specified so that your warranty is valid. Very important point. All right, uh, what are some other things? Plumbing boots. When you go, usually in your backyard, go in the backyard right now if you want, or this afternoon, or tonight, or in the morning, and look up at the back of your roof, and you'll see white PVC, plastic-type pipes going through the roof. Those are to ventilate your plumbing and they are protected from leaking by what is called a boot. There are the old style neoprene, sort of a, a rubbery substance around a lot of the old ones. They curl up in the sun, squirrels love to chew on them. They wear out, they leak. We use a, a boot that is a, an aluminum cover that goes over the, around the plumbing boot with one gasket at the top, It's a baked enamel finish. It doesn't curl up with the sun and there's very little there for squirrels to chew on. So plumbing boots, soffit vents, what is that? Well, you remember I was talking about your gutters and they're they're mounted in some way to fascia board many times. Underneath the gutter, back up behind that, if you look down under it and look up, you'll see a lot of times it's plywood but you'll see a uh, boards underneath the fascia. Those are your soffit boards. And about every 10 feet, there should be little vents that are soffit vents. That allows cooler air from the outside to get into your attic to force the hot air up so that it leaves your attic. That's what should be happening, soffit vents. I mentioned pitches a while ago. That's the angle of your roof. The term eaves is the, the edges of the slopes of your roof, like where your gutters would be. Rakes are the sides of your roof where you, where you don't mount gutters, and they form a gable. So that's eaves and Rakes. Then you might have heard the term sidewalls. If you have uh, siding or brick walls above your roof line somewhere, like on a, a dormer or another room, that's a sidewall, prime area for leaking. So the step flashing behind that has to be correct. And if let's say it's brick or, um, uh, yeah, brick. You're going to counter flash that. You got to make sure that the The uh, siding or the stucco is properly step flash behind that. There's a lot that goes into that that I can't explain here verbally, but those are some of the things that are important on a roof job. Dormers, a lot of people around the Memphis area, Mid-South, call those dog houses. Like if you have kind of a, looks kind of like a miniature house, two or three of them sitting on the front of your front roof, those are dormers. Those are also sidewalls in most cases, and they have to be properly flashed. That's a dormer. What about uh, a valley? Well, I mentioned that. That's where slopes come together, just like mountains in a river valley. And if you walk out and look around, if many roofs have valleys. Some don't. But if you do, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Uh, let's see where else just a few more here hip and ridge shingles what is that ed well these slopes are covered with field shingles right those larger areas those flat areas where most of your roof is the vast majority of your roof is are slopes but at the top of the slopes you either have just ridges or that's a, that's a horizontal ridge, horizontal to the ground. Or you may have hips and ridges. That's where some of them are, are at an angle, like let's say a 45 degree angle running up your roof to the ridges. And you'll see what I mean if you go outside. You, you either have just ridges or you have hips and ridges. Well, those, you cannot use the field shingles on those, so you have to have some type of shingle to fold over those edges of the roof. Let's just call them that. Most companies in town use a three-tab shingle. Those are great for a while, but eventually a lot of them crack and can be a leak source down the road uh, when the roof is older. So there are options on that, heavier shingles that are made to be folded over and won't crack, like Pro Edge or Dura Ridge, or Seela Ridge, or TimberTex. and we can tell you more about that if you call us at 901-359-4165, Ed Hill Masters Roofing. But the hip and ridge shingles are different than the field shingles. Although I did one time see a house that uh, I don't know if they just didn't know or they didn't have everything they needed or (laughs) an unscrupulous roofer took advantage of the homeowner, I I don't know the story, it was just a house I saw where it had architectural shingles on on the slopes where you expect to see them, but on the hips and ridges it, it did not have hip and ridge shingles at all. It had more architecturals there. And if you can imagine the movie Road Warrior, where some of those guys have spiked hair, or their helmets had spikes and feathers sticking up on them, that's how those hips and ridges look on that house. Very unusual, because the wrong shingle was used in the wrong place. What are ridge vents? Well, ridge vents are put on the, on the ridges, the horizontal ridges I mentioned a moment ago. That's, that's all that ridges are, horizontal. And it's a plastic framework that's nailed over a, a slot that is cut, which is about an inch and a half wide on the top of those slopes. The framework is nailed over it so that it kind of makes a little roof over that opening but heat can vent out of the attic so that your attic is properly ventilated and doesn't wear your roof out sooner than the Memphis summers would do anyway. So ridge vents are shingled over as well with ridge shingles, but they allow the roof to breathe, if you think of it that way. Most roofs in Memphis died an early death because of of no ventilation, or lack of adequate ventilation. That's something that we definitely saw for homeowners. So other types of ventilation might be turbines, which are, a lot of people around here call them whirlybirds, where the wind turns that turbine and draws air into and out of the attic to ventilate it. Uh, There are air hawks and turtle vents, kind of square little boxes that are installed usually on the back slopes of houses. That's not great ventilation, but it's better than none. But you might have to use a lot of those for that to work because you're trying to get all of the heat in the attic out of a little hole that's about, I don't know, six or eight inches wide. It doesn't work that great in my opinion. Power vents are another way to ventilate the home, uh, the, the roof rather. The attic. However, they take energy and the motors often burn out 10 to 12 years out. Almost everyone that I ask has no idea whether or not their power vents, old power vents, are still working because nobody checks them. They don't know. And so their home is probably, uh, attic is probably not properly ventilated. I would say and I recommend this often, just pull the power vents off. They use electricity. Put on ridge vents. That's going to work all the time because heat is always going to rise to the highest point. And I believe my understanding is the engineers at GAF and Owens Corning have determined the same thing through testing. One thing about powered vents, those big, round, big, I mean, they're like, two or three feet wide on the back slopes, can't miss them. If they're there, you'll know it. Um, They will get their air when the motors are working, even if they rob it from the interior of your air-conditioned home, through the little openings, through the wall receptacles and, and the switches for your lights in other ways. They will get the air they need, even if they have to pull the air out of the home that you've already paid to uh, air condition. You can imagine that that would add to expense, but mainly it would make your home less comfortable. What about a magnetic sweep after the roof job is done? Well, that's where magnets, bar magnets that are about an inch thick on on wheels or rolled on the concrete and in the yard, other magnets that, are, that can be dropped in landscaping are used to clean up. And um, one more that I thought of is dumpster. We don't use dumpsters. They can damage driveways and we end up sitting there at that house for you know a week or two. So we don't use those, but we use dump trailers that can be moved the day we finish or certainly by the next morning and they won't damage your driveway. How about that? Some people have asked me recently about roof buggies where the tear off is done to a contraption that that raises a platform to the roof level, like a sort of like a truck bed, you know, a pickup truck bed, and the debris is shoveled into that and it's lowered and moved that way. I'm sure it it has some uses and probably does a pretty decent job. But if you've walked in your yard in Memphis especially after rain, you know that you can hardly walk in our yards because you sink down in that rich soil. I believe that in many yards, roof buggies, due to the weight of the machine itself, plus the added weight of the, the materials torn off the roof, could create ruts in your yard. I guess that could be overcome with plywood and all of that but it just sounds like too much risk to me to creating ruts in your landscaping or damaging irrigation systems septic systems potentially and so on so anyway i've just tried to educate you here today about some terms that you might not know it's certainly not every term related to residential roofing but i gave i don't know how many it was but i gave you a bunch of them Hopefully you feel like you know more now than before you listen. If you have a question about one of these terms or some other issue on your roof that you're not understanding, like what is wind damage? What is real hail damage? You know, what will insurance pay for? Is my roof qualified for insurance? Should I just pay for it myself? How can I get financing and monthly payments? Those kind of questions Maybe you just want a free inspection. You want a free estimate or a free bid. You may just want free advice about your roof. Call me, Ed Hill, Masters Roofing, 901-359-4165. And I will do my best to answer your questions. You can also learn more about uh, me at my particular website, www. Ed Hill Masters Roofing, all one long word, dot webs.com, com, And you can learn more about the company I work with at the company site, mastersroofing.com. But if you have a question or you need help, just call me directly at 901-359-4165. I'll do everything I can to be of service to you. Well, thanks again for listening. Tell other people about our podcast, Memphis Home Maintenance Show.podbean.com. Help them take care of their homes like you want to take care of yours as well. Thanks again. We'll see you on the next podcast. God bless and have a great week.